What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Team Chat Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined by Rachel Mogan. How's it going? It's going well. How are you? How I'm are doing you? very well on this fine Sunday morning. I know. It is a wonderful morning. The, cool, the weather is deciding to stay cool. It got a little warm yesterday. I was going to say I'm happy we're back to summer because <laughs> it's pretty. It's getting, I'm not. It's getting warm. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, I just want it to stay cool, although last night... Felt fantastic outside. It, did. it felt so good. But Sam and I sat out on our back porch. There weren't any mosquitoes really bothering us. It was a wonderful evening. I just feel like I should never really have to wear pants. Like that shouldn't be something I'm required to do based on the temperature outside. Very anti-pants. Anti-pants. <laughs> we are here. Held an anti-pants stance. Anti-pants stance. I like that. But anyway, in case you didn't know, TJ Podcast is a weekly video game show where we talk about games, the ones we love, the ones we hate, and everything in between. New episodes come out each and every week on Tuesday, 9 a.m. Central Time. You can listen to those across podcast services around the world wide web. You can also watch a video version either on our YouTube channel, which now, again, as a reminder, we do have that unique URL specific to us. It's wonderful. YouTube.com slash C slash Team Chat Podcast. Check us out there. Quick little link for you there. You can also follow us on Twitch where you should definitely go follow us on Twitch, especially this week, because this it's Tuesday now when you listen to this, hopefully. But this Saturday, November 3rd, is our Extra Life 2018 charity stream. It's going to be a lot of fun. That's Again, that's kicking off on 10 a.m. on Saturday, November 3rd. Join us for a full 24 hours. You don't have to stick around for the full 24 hours, but we'll you be going for the full 24 hours. You do have to stick around for the It's full part of the 20. deal. If we have to be there, you have to be there. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to be doing it as a part to raise money for the Children's Miracle Hospital, Children's Miracle Network Hospitals, and, and all that different stuff. So it's going to be a lot of fun gameplay, all that different stuff. So check that out on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash teamchatpodcast. You can also find us on social media such as Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and join our Discord channel. You, and then finally, if you're really loving and supporting everything that we're doing here at the show and you want to help us out, you can do that by going to patreon.com slash teamchatpodcast, where it's for as little as a dollar a month. You can support the show, and in return, we'll give you cool perks, like getting the episodes early before the general Tuesday release. You get them a whole day early on the Monday before the episodes come out. And patrons also get access to our private Discord channel in our Discord server, The Rogues Gallery. It's That's where all the best stuff happens. It really is. We have a lot of fun other conversation in other places, but you know the nitty gritty where you really like. I mean, and also we ask our patrons from time to time for like topic suggestions, such as last week's episode, of the simulation, relaxing games, and all that stuff. Which now we have a nice little backlog in case we ever need them because we they sure provide us with a lot of other great topics. But yeah, so check that out: Patreon.com/slash/TeamChatPodcast. And a big special thank you to all of our patrons who help make each and every episode possible. You may not be able to hear it, but I'm making smoochy faces at them. Okay, just checking. People who are watching, smoochy faces. People over audio, you can hear it. Hope that's what that is. (laughs) (laughs) We're not being, like, gotten by face grabbers from the movie Alien. (laughs) Chestbursters. Oh, I mean, they, yeah, there we same go. Thing. Because you know, yeah, you got to plant the egg, then the chest person right, comes out. Yeah, you know, same. It's all a cycle. This circle of life, am I right? It is. It is. It it's is beautiful. It really is. <laughs> but before we get to our main topic of today, which does have something to do with that little Halloween spirit, let's get a little bit of news and find out what's coming out soon. So, out today, which is really the game that I wanted to be able to talk about for the Halloween episode, but the timing didn't work out because it's coming out on the 30th, Call of Cthulhu, the official video game, is dropping for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. I've watched a little bit of gameplay about it from like just a sheer aesthetic atmosphere perspective. It's already looking choice. Nice. So this is one of two Cthulhu-themed games that I think are coming out this year, one of which may already be out, The Sinking City. 
I don't know. I'll have to check on the release date for the other one. Man, it may not be I've this seen, year. I watched the trailer for that one or something, too. I don't think it's out yet, either. All right. That's cool. Well, Call of Cthulhu got there first, plus the naming rights. <laughs> Good for go. them. And then coming soon, Diablo 3 Eternal Collection hits the Switch on November 2nd. So does Taiko no Taitsujin. Drummin' fun for the Switch. <laughs> so that's for the Switch as well, November 2nd. It also has I what I imagine is some sort of companion game. Taiko no Tatsujin Drum Session. So there's Drum and Fun and Drum Session. Oh, that's the difference. Sorry, Drum and Fun is for the Switch. Drum Session is for the PS4. Okay. Both of them are coming out November 2nd. And that's everything that's coming out in the near future. Very Wait, cool. Very will the cool. 6th be a... That's a sun... No, no that's... That'll be a Tuesday, third. right? Yes. Okay, just kidding. And then we have... A very French-looking name that I don't think I can pronounce. Deracine for PSVR, oh, November 6th. Do that you know is, what that is? I remember it being announced. Where did that get announced? I have no I idea. I only remember because the... Who's it developed by? I, 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 for some reason, the name stuck in my head, and I know... Like, I gotta look it up now. Yeah, so anyway, some sort of Frenchy-sounding game. Deracine. I was only, I was only really... November 6th. I was only really uh, interested because of the developer, and now I can't remember... Right on. And then actually a bunch is coming out on the 6th. Overkill's The Walking Dead for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. The Forest for PS4. Monster Boy and the Cursed Kingdom for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. All of those titles are coming out on November 6th. Oh, it's from software. Oh. That's why. Really? Yeah. That's why I was, that's why I was like, I knew there was something about that one. What is it a... What is it? Now I'm actually very uh, it's curious. It's a VR debut from VR debut from director Hidetaka Miyazaki and from software. Uh, okay, let's see. Uh, Derasin, I hope I'm saying that right, is an upcoming story adventure from the Sony Interactive Entertainment SIE Japan studio from software and Hidetaka Miyazaki. Yeah, known for their collaboration on Bloodborne. Taking the role as an unseen fairy in a secluded boarding school, the player moves around in frozen time, collecting various bits of information that serve to unfold an overarching mystery. The story is a new take on classic adventure games and utilizes PSVR's technology to take gamers on an entirely unique and personal experience. Huh. Huh. So it kind of sounds like a Bloodborne walking sim? Maybe, but maybe not I quite would, as much uh, violence it. as it I would Bloodborne. definitely play that. <laughs> it sounds cool. It looks that really, actually sounds pretty it cool. It looks pretty cool, too, from all the screenshots it's got here over That's on the PlayStation. That's the only PSVR I have ever been mildly intrigued by. They oh, also, except for Tractor Simulator. That looked awesome. There are co- uh, quite a few PSVR titles that I mentioned. This one looks interesting. Um, I also feel like I would... I'm also curious about how Resident Evil 7 Biohazard plays in VR. That could be very interesting. I've heard of there's, there's a new shooter. What is it? Fireteam Bravo, I believe. No, not Fireteam Bravo. If that's not starring Johnny Bravo, I'll sue. <laughs> 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 Do the monkey with me. I love that show. It's so good. Um, but uh, let's see. Oh, but they did just announce that Borderlands 2 is coming to VR, and that could be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I, I think, anyway. Mm. I you think. know I'm not sold on VR. I know, I know, I know. But... That is all the news and coming soon things. There was another news story that I feel like I was wanting to talk about from this last week, but my week is busy, cr- crazy busy. We've all been eh, doing stuff. Yeah, we've, we've got other stuff. stuff. The only news that anybody needs to know about is November 3rd, Saturday, 10 a.m., 24 hours, Team Chat Extra Life. Excellent segue because that's, I was going to yeah, bring up a couple more. the only news they need to know. I was going <laughs> to bring up a couple more points about that. So not only are we going to be having a lot of fun because it's going to, you know, like I know we've got, we've finalized our schedule pretty much now of what we're going to be doing. You know, we have some like, 
loose stuff still that as far as like what kind of game we're going to play because i want to do some multiplayer stuff like that gets you know have some people join in fun yeah loosey goosey we have a very basic idea of what games we're going to be playing but i do know though for sure because these are set in stone that we're going to be joined by some friends from the show that you may have seen on here or heard us mention or talked about before uh chess hall from plus seven intelligence is going to be jumping on and and streaming some games uh for a couple hours also our good friend and patron fuchsia is going to be streaming for a couple hours as well she's the queen of animal crossing mm-hmm. and i think probably the sims also yes, both she's games. just great at and that she stuff. might be playing either one of those so i know i think she was she told me she was leaning towards the sims but you know her choice her her time slot her choice Or i think recently she's been into maple story 2 question uh, yeah. mark yeah that's true yeah. she has talked about playing that I would one like too to see that. but anyway so we got we got some of that stuff coming and then we're also going to be joined by kirok craft from bottle rocket gaming he's going to be jumping in and playing for a little bit too he's every, also i'm pretty sure going to be playing some red dead too. every stream needs at least one canadian am i right it does yeah. indeed it does indeed and i hope also to get some Fortnite time in there which i know our other canadian friend ark uh, she yes, plays some Fortnite, indeed. so maybe she'll jump on with us then too and play, have, try her hand out with us so anyway so it's going to be a lot of fun we're going to have some great stuff going on as well as like some fun donation once we hit certain donation goals we're going to have some fun little uh little bits that we're going to be doing so it's going to be a great fun day so please come check it out uh game with us play watch us play and of course please donate if you feel so inclined you can also heckle the heckling is accepted too yeah, we'll but in order to heckle, you nice have to make a though. minimum donation of ten dollars, hey, and then you get the go. right to heckle. There's a, <laughs> yeah, there, there's a donation I'm goal. Full of good ideas. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, as is per, this is a slight deviation from our usual because we normally do on this episode, the one that comes out right before Halloween, we usually do focus specifically on horror, creepy, you know, Halloween appropriate games. For me, that didn't work out as well. Uh, you know, I just had too many other big games with all the different big releases with Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Black Ops, and then now within this last week, Red Dead 2, I just have not had the chance to be able to. I really was wanting to. I was wanting to actually play Evil Within was going to be my choice for this year. Oh, yeah. Um, maybe I'll still get to it later on and just save it for like a little bit later on, but I just couldn't get to it for this episode. But Mogan did. She did play a creepy, scary Halloween-centric, fall-centric game. Let's call it fall-centric. Fall-centric? We'll talk about it. So why don't we go ahead and jump into that then? So the game that I chose is Gone Home. So this is not a a new game in any sense of the word. Uh, Gone Home was initially released in uh, 2013, I believe. And then it was just recently released for Nintendo Switch in 2018. So just a couple of months ago. So when it initially came out, I heard a lot of buzzy things about it. But at the time, we weren't doing the podcast. Mm -hmm. I had no idea what it was, so I didn't really look too much into it. But Gone Home is one of those first-person exploration and walking simulator games. A lot of people might even say that Gone Home is kind of the one that started the trend of walking sims. Okay, Because I can see where they're coming from. Uh, It does draw very... um, very parallel comparisons to games like Firewatch. Uh, what's that other one that I played recently? Vanishing of Ethan Carter? Yes, Vanishing of... Yeah, that, thank you. Uh, Firewatch, Vanishing of Ethan Carter. It draws comparisons to those types of games. But om- like from my perspective, it was... I view it as kind of a more rudimentary experiment Mm -hmm. in that regard. So it's like, yeah, I can see it being kind of one of the first ones to do that. Uh, So initially it was just a computer game. It was released for Microsoft, OS X, and Linux. And then later it was for PS4 and Xbox One in 2016, and then eventually made it to Switch. So Gone Home has had quite a journey 
to go home. Hey. <laughs> Anyways, it's developed by the Fulbright Company, and the designers are Steve Gaynor. The programmers are a bunch of people whose names are very Swedish-looking. <laughs> <laughs> the artists, though, are Carla, Kate, and Emily, various last names, composer Chris Ramo. Uh, so essentially what you need to know about Gone Home is, first and foremost, I did play it on PS4. You want to know why? Why? You know how when I played uh, Night in the Woods, I was perturbed because there seemed to be a function for trophies. Ah, uh, see, Switch you're getting those trophies. Have trophies. And I was like, well, does Gone Home have trophies? And I looked it up in advance and I was like, fine, I'll play it on PS4. See if I care. So I did buy it specifically for PS4 because I wanted the trophies. Nice. So um, it you're is. starting to be a trophy. Hunter. I know. It's, it's time. Uh, it is very short. So, unlike Vanishing of Ethan Carter and Firewatch, Gone Home at least felt incredibly short. Mm -hmm. And I know it is because there are a couple of trophies that are complete the full game in less than one minute. So Wait, what now? Yeah, there's a trophy in there that is complete the game in under a minute. So there's got to be just some like random... So there's got to be ways that you can get from point A to point B because ultimately the gist of the game is you are Katie Greenbrier, I want to say is her last name. Mm. And you are actually a silent protagonist, but through voicemails you hear your own voice. The game opens with your basically making a voicemail to your parents saying, hey mom and dad, I'm finally coming home from my trip abroad. You've basically been touring Europe in a very college-esque fashion. Uh, you've just found a standby flight and you're coming home on June 6th. Mm -hmm. And um, it, this is in the 90s, by the way. So it's June 6th, 1995, I believe. So the whole idea is that you're coming home. You've been gone for a long time. Uh, your parents and your younger sister, Samantha, a.k.a. Sam. So we're going to be talking a lot about Sam. Don't get confused. We're not talking about your wife. <laughs> uh, so you are coming home after your family has moved houses. So it's actually really weird from your perspective as Katie, and you see this in a couple of postcards that she has sent home, that she's writing down the address for her new house that she's never even been to mm -hmm. and she'll write like this is so weird and then point to the address so she's coming home to a place that she's actually never seen before so in that sense it's kind of like are you coming home or is your home gone oh. have you gone yeah thinkies thinking guy i don't think that's actually a theme well actually you know it might be we could talk about that but so when you get home the game absolutely is very fall and horror-esque but it stops at the aesthetic of it. Okay. So the house that you're coming back to is this fascinating turn-of-the-century uh, kind of dilapidated mansion. It's huge. It's got like a basement where there's actually servants' quarters labeled on the map because it's really, really old. There's a massive sprawling first floor, a huge second story, and even an attic level that goes on for a couple of... Um, I don't know, acres. Mm -hmm. It's probably not correct. <laughs> it's, it's not acres. Don't, don't quote me on that. Uh, but you're coming home to this massive empty house at night in a rainstorm mm. so like you can always kind of hear the rain from outside you'll always kind of hear thunder in the background so in that sense it is very atmospheric because as you're going through the house 
That was a close ass call. Nice catch. (laughs) As you're going through the house. (laughs) Knock your coffee over. (laughs) That would have been unfortunate. (laughs) This is ceramic. It definitely would have broken. (laughs) And then your floors, they would have been ruined. Your beautiful floors. (laughs) Um, So when you're going through the house, nobody's home and basically all of the lights are off. So actually there's a really cool modification that you can pre-select at the beginning of the title screen for if you're like kind of sensitive to mildly dark and scary situations, you can check off a box that starts every room with the lights automatically on. Oh, that's nice. And I was like, oh, well, that's nice. I mean, I can see because every time I would go into a new room, especially in the beginning, I was always kind of like, (laughs) (laughs) Do I want to go in here? Especially if you can see that the light switch is a pull switch that's a little bit into the room. You're like, oh, God, I don't want to go in there. It's dark and the demons will get me. (laughs) But most of the time you just walk into a dark room, turn to your left or right. There's the light switch. You just push it and the lights come on. So ultimately, I will say that there were no actual scares in this game. Uh, Unlike with Vanishing of Ethan Carter, which very much had very overt horror tones, it had murder, it had like family drama, it had uh, at least one jump scare that was very scary, I will have you know. Uh, Gone Home does not have any of that. Um, It is a very minimalistic game. Really, the only things that you can do as Katie, you don't even talk. You have no one to talk to. You're alone in this house. Mm -hmm. Uh, All the things that she can really do are go through the house and kind of interact with stuff a little bit. You can't even run, which I will say is infuriating. Really? Yeah, like you can kind of, you just walk. Like you you have a set pace and I was like, okay, that's annoying. Because after a while, if you're like, oh, I'm just trying to get from the upstairs to the downstairs, and I know where I'm going, and I want to run, and the game's like, nope, you cannot you sure do, cannot that. do that. And it's like, fine, I don't care anyways. And I will say real quick that there was a point in the game where I looked at the main foyer stairway, like the grand staircase to the second story. I went around it to the corner where it hits the wall. I looked at that corner and I was like, there's definitely going to be a hidden panel here. By the end of the game, there was. Nice. I was right about that. Nice intuition. And I was like, but I couldn't get to it. So I was like, fine, I'll be back for you later. (laughs) And I was totally right. So good for me. Uh, But the point of the game is that as Katie... The only thing that you're really doing is figuring out where the hell your family is. Because you're like, where's my mom and dad? Where's my sister at? Mm -hmm. And the majority of the story is a narrative storytelling experience from the perspective of Sam. So your younger sister, I think she's in her... The narrative starts when I think she's in late high school. And of course, her family having just moved, uh, Samantha has just started at a new school. And she's got like all kinds of regular teen drama, like I'm new here and nobody likes me. And they do kind of, they insinuate, not build up to, they insinuate through some of Sam's journal entries and her voice logs. Because every time you, let's say I pick up a special mug and it's got like Sam's name on it and then I put it down, an audio log will start. And it's basically her audio diary of her telling you, her older sister, kind of what's been going on, like Mm -hmm. just keeping your sister up to date. And it's on kind of this one year calendar I want to say because Sam's audio logs start pretty much right after uh, the character of Katie has left for overseas so it's kind of just her telling her older sister 
all of her life updates, kind of what's happening. And those logs start with her saying, we're in this new house. It's creepy. When I went to school and told everybody that I was new and where I was living, they were all really silent. They were Mm. like, oh, you live at the psycho house. Because apparently... The way that you got this house is because um, Katie's father, I think, is the nephew of some famous guy from that town that started like a really popular business, but he was a weird recluse. Mm -hmm. He lived in this mansion. He himself didn't have any children. So when he died, he bequeathed the house to his nephew. So it's just this weird, creepy old house that used to be owned by a kind of creepy but also beloved member of the community. And they never really explain, or at least I didn't find the explanation, of why people call it the Psycho House. Hmm. Is it just because it's really big and creepy looking? I mean, that's a good enough for a lot of folks. I mean, I don't know, but they, they kind of make it seem like there's going to be something really macabre eventually come to light about the house. And at least from my playthrough, that never happened. And I know from the end game and from the trophies that I was only missing three audio journals because mm. I didn't find whatever object triggers the audio log. Is that a trophy to get all the audio logs? One of the trophies is complete the game with all 23 audio logs. So I was missing a few, but I found the majority of them, which is necessary to actually have any sense of what the game truly is, which ironically, or not ironically, just in a twist, I was absolutely not expecting this in any way. I didn't even know that there was a character of a younger sister or an older sister. I knew nothing about Gone Home. Mm -hmm. The main theme of the story is Sam's coming of age. Like, it's all, it's really all about her. It's all about her discovering who she is. And in a radical twist that I think would have been, I mean, it's really unique even in today's landscape is she's basically telling the story of how she discovers that she herself is a lesbian. Mm. So a big part of the story is her telling her older sister about, so I'm in this new school and I saw this girl. She's got like cool punk red hair. She wears like this weird army uniform because apparently the character of Sam has never known ROTC. (laughs) So this girl that she's looking at is just like in ROTC. So she's like, oh wow, she wears these cool army clothes and I don't know why. And so um, the vast majority of it is this fascinatingly sympathetic and compassionate and very sentimental uh, telling of this girl realizing who she is, Mm -hmm. which I think is radical. Like you never really have, or there are very few examples of similar storytelling of a young, like teenage slash college age girl just telling you all about herself. Usually um, the female narrative in video games is much more limited than that. Mm -hmm. And it's very infrequently. So I figured out I'm a lesbian. Like that's how many other games right? Um, can you think of? Not that overt in just saying it. Well, yeah. I mean, I feel like I mean, this Last one, of Us has like, hints to it. Last of Us has hints to it, but in this one... I, I mean, mean, you you do know... I mean, it is yeah. very much established Ellie is a lesbian. And in The Last of Us 2, that's obviously And that's very obvious. And then in The Last of Us uh, Left Behind, the DLC for the, fir- for the first game, you know, like, obviously, she that's where she meets her... I believe her first girlfriend, uh, Riley. Right. And so that game, I guess, would be... That would be the closest to what you're talking about. And then I guess the, the only other op- uh, thing I can think about really off the top of my head, too, is Max and Chloe. Right. But same thing again. Like that was more of just a, it never was declared. You know, like they they never had that coming out moment of I'm I'm a lesbian. And I think that that's a big part just because of the way that those stories are told. Right. This is a first person narrative from someone that you're hearing from across 
a year Mm -hmm. back. So you're just hearing their journey of finding out who they are. And I don't want, I, I, this is going to be a very spoiler heavy. It's a very short game. Right. Very short. What'd you say? It came out in 20. It came out in 2013. That's right. So old AF people. We're normally very careful about spoilers, but this game, to be able to talk about it. To be able to talk about it because it is entirely about the story. Right. There's no other reason that you would play gone home. You can talk about the mechanics in five seconds. Exactly. You walk, you look at stuff. You can crouch. You did it. Yeah. You can crouch and you can like pick stuff up, but you can't even really, there's no reason that you would pick something up except to read it. Right. Because almost all of the information aside from the audio journals that you get is written information. Mm. It's journal entries, it's letters, and there are a lot of interesting side stories that Katie is discovering because she finds some letters to her own mother from her aunt, and her aunt is like, oh, so tell me more about this new park ranger that just started at your job. Because her mother, I gather, is like a state park ranger and she's like the top head honcho. And then later you find more letters that are like, so give me the details on our favorite plaid clad hands. So, <laughs> plaid clad. So it's this implication that her mother is probably having an affair outside of the marriage. You also find a lot of letters and books about her father because he's apparently a failed novelist. Mm. So he's got all of this stuff on his inspiration board that is clearly hinting at a very contentious relationship with his own father father who was apparently like a lauded English professor at Harvard or something. And he never thought his son was good enough and never, you know, liked any of his works. So he's clearly got a complex there. At one point you even find a portrait of your father's father and his face is like ripped out of the portrait. And it's like, yeah, my dad definitely did that because he hates his father. (laughs) Probably for good reason. He Mm. seems like an asshole. Uh, So ultimately the game is just a really sweet story of just a girl figuring out who she is. And then at the very end, when you find her final journal, when you finally manage to get up to the attic, because as you're going through the house, you do occasionally find safes, lockers, and locked doors, which are your puzzles. Obviously, you have to figure out how to get through all of these places to be able to access the rest of the house. It does have a fantastically fun series of hidden passageways. Like, that's one of the things that's very creepy and fall-esque, is that this house is full of secret panels, secret passages. It's really neat to, like, see it pop up on the map. You're like, what does the purple hidden staircase mean on the map? Mm -hmm. It is really fun to do that. But aside from that, it's a very minimal game. Um, there's not much else to say about it other than that when you get to the end, you finally kind of figure out where your parents are. They're on like a marriage counseling retreat. Like you see it on their calendar and it's like, oh yeah, they probably need it. I think they need some counseling, which is why why they're not home. Um, But they also, you also find uh, Sam's last journal, which is actually like a, paper, one of those composition books, you know, from school Mm -hmm. where they're always like the classic modeled black and white cover in the lined paper. And you realize that that's how you've been getting all of these audio journals is that Sam wrote them all down and it's called Letters to Katie. So you've been hearing all of these letters to you and then you actually find the book at the end and that's finishing the game. And at the very end, you do realize that your sister, 
uh, of course, her girlfriend, Lonnie, is going into the military. You know, she did ROTC for a reason. It's in her blood. It's in her family. And she's like, you know, I just, I have to do this. I have to go into the military. So at one point you're like, oh no, they're going to break up. Mm -hmm. This is terrible because, you know, your sister is in high school, probably going to college. You know, eventually relationships have to end. But at the very end, you find out that when Lonnie is on the bus to basic training, she's like, man. Life is just not worth living without my girlfriend. So she gets off the bus and like calls Sam and she's like, Sam, I just think that, you know, we should just get in the car and drive. And they kind of pull like a Max and Chloe sort of where they're like, okay, so basically Sam has run away from home. And I think that in a way it might be a play on the gone home because there's that whole home is where the heart is thing. Right. So this weird house that Sam has moved into, that's not home. Her parents, you find out from a couple of the audio logs, are in deep denial about her being a lesbian. They're like, it's a phase. You just haven't met the right boy yet. Mm -hmm. It is, of course, the early 90s. So it definitely wasn't as accepted back then. So she's feeling very marginalized by her own family. She doesn't feel like they understand who she is. She's going through a very long phase because it's not going to end. So at the end, her and Lonnie run away together. And I was like, that is so nice yeah good for them i, I like that the, the like the, the the correlation you drew between the title and the messaging of the, like yeah like they found their each respective homes it's just not the place where they thought that like, where the main character thought it was gonna exactly. be exactly that's interesting yeah and it does kind of suck for you as katie because your parents are probably about to get divorced your sisters run away and yeah. you're back at a house that's like not even your house and you're like well she I guess Katie still technically has to find her she home. She still has to find her home. I don't think it's that weird-ass house. But her sister did find her but home, her sister at least. And did that seems find to be the most home. important. Exactly. Who cares about Katie, right? It's all about Sam. There you it's go. It's a Sam power hour. It is. So that's an interesting... So I'm glad that you'd review this one, because this is a game that I had heard a lot of before, and I've always had in the back of my mind, like, I should really give it a shot. But I also knew that was you never going to happen. You would hate it. I mean, you might appreciate the story, but right. the actual gameplay, I think you would find very tired. And you gave an excellent retelling. So like, I feel like I have the idea. I have, lived I've it. lived the game you now vicariously. <laughs> and, I, and that's enough for me. In fact, that's I'm going to just mark it down on my completed <laughs> check, games check notes. Check that one off. <laughs> just go I already say, gone home, completed. But yeah. So. I am going to have to look up some videos about how people get the one minute trophy. Yeah, like, I really want to know. Yeah. That's a, this is the, this is why people think that you're always censoring me out. I know. I'm sorry because I let the camera run out of time. I'm sorry, everybody who listens on audio and don't and don't see the video versions. The camera that I have only does like 30 minutes of recording at yeah. a time, and so I have I have a remote thing here to like start it and restop it. But sometimes I just get so engaged in the conversation. And notice though, see again, I cl- I claim that this is a compliment to you and your ability to weave a tale. Is that it only happens when I'm listening to your reviews and stuff like that. And so I just get engaged in your storytelling. You know, that's interesting because usually when you're talking, I just like totally zone out. That's hurtful. (laughs) Just going to blaze on past that. (laughs) Just bury those emotions deep, deep down, Jared. All right, so... Anyway, are you done talking now? Now that we've heard about a vastly different tale of what you're going to tell us about, give us the deets on Red Dead. But in a way, I guess... Red Dead is about finding your way home. Oh, I was going to say, are you a teenage lesbian? No. <laughs> that would be a really, be- that would be a better game. <laughs> would be, it would be a better game. It <laughs> probably would be, but no. So I'm going to talk about, as I implied at the beginning of this episode, yes, I'm going to talk about my time that I spent so far 
in Red Dead 2. So this is your first impression. First impression of probably many impressions. Yes. Honestly, like this game, this is one that I feel like instead of doing like a final, final review, which I probably will still do, like I feel like I should just have check-ins every so often and just be like, so here's what I've been doing in Red we'll Dead. We'll do the monthly check-in with Jared. That can be our new spot. Because honestly, like it really should because of how big this game feels. Bro, we can do like 10, it'll be like the moment with Mogan, but there it'll be go. Jared's Red Dead check-in. <sighs> The Red Dead. The Red Dead. The Red Dead Roundup. Oh my god. Oh my god. I love it. I'm so good at this. Copyright team chat. Copyright podcast. Team no one steal that. No got, yeah, we should do that because because honestly, that's the biggest thing and the biggest takeaway that I can talk about this game so far is how immensely massive this game is. I mean, wait. So did it come on one disc? No, it came on two. Did it really? It did come on two. <laughs> you liar. I Where went, is did it? Did you? Come on now. You should have gone Mm-mm. to watch. Team Chat Podcast's Insta story. Oh, whoops. <laughs> because I went out, I found out because I was ta- I was actually like commenting back and forth on our latest episode on on YouTube with Kirok and he mentioned that he was going into he was going to get in line to go get it in a couple hours and I was like I didn't even think about that it having a midnight release. Don't it's a judge. huge game. I should have thought about this. So I went online, check, I pre-ordered it through Best Buy. So I went online, checked on the Best Buy, and they said that they were doing this thing where they were like opening at 9 p.m. Best Buy South they were Park closing, Yeah. They were closing at 9 p.m. They're going to reopen at 10 or something like that, and you could get it. And I was like, sweet, I'm doing that. Like, I don't have to wait till midnight. That's awesome. I'm gonna, I've never actually done a midnight release pickup of a game before. So I was like, this is going to be my chance. Go to Best Buy a little after 9 because I'm like, oh, there's going to be a line. No one's there. And I was like, what is there nobody but then i noticed that one of those you know their yellow shirt security guys is still standing outside and they have like all the all the main doors shuttered with like the the gate except for one and they sell the open size i was like okay and then i saw a guy walk in and i was like oh maybe they're not actually closing you know quote unquote air quotes there and so i go up there i get out and walk in and the guy stops and he's like he's like hey he's going i was like it's good and he's going and he's like what's password i was like no, there was going to be a password. I was like, and that's what I told him. I was like, I don't know. I didn't know there was going to be a password. I just found out about that. This is happening today. And he kind of goes like, come on. And I was like, Oh, Red Dead? And he's like, yeah, come on in. <laughs> so I went. So I, I would have been like, ride him, cowboy. <laughs> I know. I should have been like, should have gotten just more gone like all the, I know, I really should have. But in the moment, I just like panicked. I was like, no, I need this game now. You should have been like, it's had you. <laughs> I know. I did, though. I, did, I didn't do that one, but I did them like when I put the picture up, I said, back in the saddle again, which is another McCree line. I like to look Back in the saddle again. Back in the saddle again. <laughs> but anyway, so I just walked in and was able to like, there's like two other people there. So I just walked right up and to the desk and they just handed it to me and I was like oh well this isn't the true midnight opening see you should have done the midnight release for the switch that was an experience I should have at least got in line and sitting hung out with in you. the cold frigid yeah. air in freaking March <laughs> with a bunch of other nerds that was fun but no so I came home because that was the one thing like I had heard about that that was a possibility and I was very curious to know if that was still actually did happen and so uh, I uh, actually pause here for a second because I'll, I'll include this in the final vi- version where I do like I made like a series of in-stores opening it and everything like that but the final one was that I do open it to see if it had two discs or not because I I was like kind of excited about that like that's kind of fun a nice uh, so I, I, but yeah so I'll pause telling. it real quick you know I mean pause me telling the story so and I'll over I'll put in the video here okay let's find out <gasps> it does two discs Welcome back to the 90s. It's awesome. That's so cool. 
That's hilarious. So what's on the two discs? So basically, so you know, I know we talked about this, I think, a couple weeks ago, where we, when I first mentioned that this is a possibility that's happening, and you're like, how, which one do you play? How do you do this? So one is basically just like the main install disc. Oh, okay. And then there's another one the that's the, the play, play disc. disc. Yeah. Gotcha. So, so that's pretty much the, the only difference there. But anyway, so yeah, so that, if anything, I mean, this has like a 100 gig install file. It took an hour and a half to install. Dang. Yeah, it took a while. Gone home took like 12 minutes. I'm sure. It probably <laughs> took nothing at all. But so other than just how massive this game is, the the big thing, and obviously one of the things Red Dead, I mean, not Red Dead, Rockstar claimed before this game came out is that it was going to redefine gaming. I can definitely see that. In what way? Just, You're going to have to expand well, on that. Good sir. The thing is about this, the, all the diff- I could sit here and just all the things, I've, I've like highlighted some very specific new things, features, immersive animations, different things like that, that make this game feel just so different than anything else you've played. But if I listed everything, it would take forever. It would literally just be like That's the, why we're having the rest the of this Dead episode and more. <laughs> just talking about it. Because there's just so many things. Like you can be... It's it, it. I feel like it, it really is, and and it, as I get more into the game, I'll maybe discover more. But how I look at it now is just how responsive and natural your character is, your horse is, how you interact with the environment. It, you know, sometimes in some games, you can you can you'll awkwardly like climb over a rock or you'll hit a rock and like awkwardly climb, you know, just like those like little awkward things that just happen in every game. You don't notice them really, but if you really thought about it, like that's kind of weird how my horse is like someone like jerking to the left when I turn it and all this other stuff or, or I've, you know, you just, everybody account, encounters those little things, but you're just used to it. So you don't notice it. But in this one, you notice it for the opposite reason, because there'll be these, you can, start your horse in a gallop and if you were at a slow jump like to, looking to the left and then you want to go to the right your horse would like do this weird skip not weird like a glitchy but like a, like how a no- natural a real horse not natural a real a natural horse, horse a real horse would react <laughs> where they kind of like kick their hindquarters out and then and go in the opposite direction if you jump over a rock and fail you'll actually fall off your horse and your horse will like tumble after behind you can your horse die that way uh not yet but I feel like if it probably fell off a high enough ledge, oh. it definitely could. Hopefully, Red Dead will have a horse god. I mean, you can much definitely like in Breath of the Wild. I mean, in the first Red Dead, you could kill your horse on accident. I, that happened to me a lot, <laughs> accidentally killing my horse. But so I'm sure this can happen. This one just hasn't happened to me yet. Uh, well, going by trees, the branches will will bend as it like hits your shoulder. That's nice. Some other stuff like that, like just so many little things like that. Like I said, I could go and talk about all these different things forever. Uh, they added in a lot of new things, like in the first Red Dead. Whenever you would skin an animal that you had hunted, it just cut to this basically cutscene of just showing John Marston just like standing. It was just a, a shot of his face from like the chest up. He gets his knife out, stab. You hear like the cutting sounds and all this other stuff, and then you just stands back up and you're done. This one actually shows like Arthur Morgan, your main character, going to the animal, like sticking his knife, cut, 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 peeling off the skin, like and then peeling like, the skin out from under it, and all this other stuff, like just little things, like things Is like that. Is there an option to turn that off? I haven't discovered it because I don't want to turn it off. It, makes, it feels so natural and outdoorsy. Gross. I'm a man of the man of the West. But anyway, so just little things like this. Um, it's just there's just so much going on. Uh, talking to people, people NPCs that you run around in in the, in the world, like they don't have that awkward. You like I haven't seen many that look the same. For one, uh, there's just and they even the voice lines and everything they say out to you don't feel 
weird. You can greet just about anybody. Just like walk up, you hold L2 and it focuses on the nearest person, you hit square and Is it, it like greets with them. with Spider-Man that you can do finger guns? No finger pew, guns. Pew. That'd be funny. Though. Really? Because it's the Wild West. Why not? It's more like, how's it going? Oh, Evening. Oh, different kind of stuff like that. But... And the people respond back, or you can antagonize them and try to get into a fight and different stuff. It's now, just, I, that you can just fun. interact with the world in so many ways. It's ridiculous. And that's the biggest thing. It, it, it's, aside from going and listing all those features, that's the biggest thing that I can say. It's ridiculous in how many ways you can interact with things. Um, other big things about it so far. So really, I, I do have to say, because of my busy schedule and all these things, I've only gotten six to seven hours in, really, at this point. But really, the first three hours of the game is like the tutorial. You're doing the first establishing missions that set up the story. You know, you're, you're Arthur Morgan. You're part of the Dutch Vanderlyn gang, which, uh, and so you're just, you're, you're escaping from the town of Blackwater where something apparently really bad happened, like a job went south in a bad way. Gotcha. And so now you're on the run. You run up into these mountains in the middle of winter. It's snowing. It's freezing. And, and you're just trying to find some shelter and get established so you can hide out for a little bit longer until you move on to somewhere else. And so you're, you're going through these opening missions, which is what slowly rolls out all the new features and all the ways that you do interact with the world, which I have to say is a A-plus decision-making point, a design point on their part, because if they just threw everything at you, you would be lost. Like immediately, if you were just like, you had the ability to do everything at all at the beginning, you would just be absolutely lost, because there are, quite honestly, so many controls which can be a little bit still even at this point, even though I know them all for a little bit, slightly overwhelming. Because depending on how, like whenever you focus on something, unlocks more things that you can do to that thing. Like say oh. you, you walk by a stranger, you focus on them, it gives you greet, antagonize, or you can possibly rob in certain Romance. situations. No, not yet. Come on, there's got to be a rope. Come on. I'm sure there's something like that. Man. I haven't got to it yet. If you can't I've tried to stay fairly radio silent on what I'm going to get out of this game. <laughs> but so it gives you options like that. But say you focus on your horse. You have the option to look at his what's stored in his saddlebags. Pet. You have the option to pet it. You have pet the, the option to brush it. You have the option to lead it. You have Smoochies the option the to, to feed the horse. You can take your saddle off the horse. Hug the horse. <laughs> so many. Take, hit your horse. There are so many other things you can do to it. Take the horse on a date <laughs> exactly to give it a nice meal okay. romance the horse <laughs> oh, God. it's not that kind of game come on now it's a friendly <laughs> <laughs> but anyway so there's just so many different things you can do and so uh, there's also the fun little things like you have to store certain weapons in your saddlebags you can't just have all your weapons on your body at the same time like is case as in the case like in the old red dead you had your weapon wheel and you could have all your your full arsenal to your disposal. This one, you really have to be like, okay, I left my bow on my horse. If I go hunting with my rifle, I could damage my pelts more. So maybe I should go back to my horse, switch out my rifle for my bow, gotcha. then go back and go on the hunting. So there's a little bit more decision-making that you have to do with that so far. Um, let's see. Combat, I'm still working on nailing. I've tried it to tweak the controls a little bit because at the very beginning, when you're first doing the first missions that have combat in them, it felt a little stiff, the one thing, though, and I remember this even from GTA V, Rockstar's games, like normally your reticle is just like a tiny white dot, and that's your aiming reticle. So they do rely slightly a bit more on the aim assist or auto-aim, different things like that. And so you can adjust those settings. And so I've been working to dial those in how I like. That would really be kind of my only thing. Like I've ran across a couple gangs in the wild, not as part of a mission so far, just people who want to have a fight with me. And I've gotten killed by them because I'm still like trying to be like, ah! 
no, here's how I get my weapon out, and here's how I do Deadeye. You can't know. you just do fisticuffs? You can't can do fisticuffs, but if they're up? shooting at you, that you're going to die a whole lot faster. Serpentine, serpentine, zig and, zag. and then you beat zig, them zag, up. Zig, but so Run them over with your horse. You could do that, yes. But so I'm still like figuring out all the ins and outs and how to be quick on the draw and all this other stuff with it. But Because, again, there's so much there. Another big thing that I will say is that the voice acting so far has been superb. Although, slight takeaway from that is I'm not the biggest fan of Arthur's voice yet. Is Arthur the main character? Yes. Okay, my bad. For some reason, it, it's, it's, I'm getting more accustomed to it, but from is it Troy tr- Baker. No, it's actually oh, not. Really? It's, um, I looked at this earlier. <laughs> Nolan North. No, it's definitely one of them. I was reading an article actually that Red Dead tried to stay away from more well-known actors for their voices because a oh, rock, rock star, God, rock star wanted to stay away from more well-known actors just to give their game. You, so you wouldn't have that mental baggage of Good. like, here's why I know this person. Because from. every time you hear Troy Baker or Nolan North, you're like, Oh, hey, okay. It's Troy Baker and Nolan North. Sad yeah. Jackass from uncharted. Although I, gotcha. you, I will say that Nolan North is great at doing a lot of voices. So is Troy Baker. <laughs> so they, they can disguise themselves fairly well, but Roger Clark is Arthur, Arthur Morgan. Roger I don't know. Clark. I feel like he, he's just a little more, gruff and like his voice is a little too deep for what his and his drawl i don't know for some reason it just doesn't quite mesh with the character yet maybe as i get into the game more who is this very large and scary man so actually that's who i was about to give props to is this is uh who you point to is benjamin, benjamin byron, byron davis. davis and he is the voice of dutch vanderlin and he actually was the voice of dutch vanderlin in red dead redemption the first one. Okay. And so I will say his voice acting as Dutch is excellent. Like he act, he's doing a really good, the, the closest thing of how I could describe Dutch's voice is he sounds very Jeff Bridges esque. Oh, like, okay. You know, uh, from like true grit or, right. or crazy heart, something like that. Where, where Jeff Bridges, I mean, Jeff Bridges already has that cowboy Southern drawl to him a bit, but when he's specifically playing cowboy ish character. And so Dutch is, I've really loved Dutch's character so far, especially in the inflections and and uh, accents and different things like that with how Benjamin Bryson Davis portrays Dutch. I've really loved Dutch. And another fun thing is that the, vo- the voice actor for John Marston has returned as well, uh, Rob Whitehoff, which is an interesting thing. I will say, go out and find... The, uh, Polygon just did an article on him, and then I watched a video. I don't know, remember now who made it, but I watched this a few months ago about the actor, for, the voice actor for John Marston and Rob Whitehoff. Because he... He has this, like, he's not really acting anymore at all. He went, it, it, for brief summary, is like he went with a girlfriend to L.A., tried to get into acting thing there, and he's done a few roles. Like, he has some small roles in IMDb credits. But then, like, his big thing was he was picked up by Rockstar to do the voice of John Marston in Red Dead Redemption. And then he's returned in, in this game as well. But, like, after Red Dead Redemption, he pretty much didn't do much. Well, he and he went back to his hometown bank. in like in Indiana and just <laughs> Indiana. like living his normal life. Oh God! And so it's a really interesting, it really interesting. So I should, I would recommend finding that video in the article and, re- and reading those. I'll, if I find them, I'll post them in the in the notes in the I mean in the description or in the uh, in our Discord and stuff. For I can't believe to read. that like the character of John Marston didn't like take over his mind and that he's now like just living out in Wyoming, being like a real <laughs> cowboy. I, I mean, feel like that should have. happened. I feel like for how many voice lines and everything like that you'd have to have to be. Ju- to voice John Marston or even Arthur Morgan yeah, in these games, like, like my God, brainwashed himself. Like he put himself under a spell, and he's like, "I am John Marston. I hope he's out there. I hope that's what's really going on." And it's like a government conspiracy mm-hmm. that there's one cowboy left. He's the only one who could be John Marston. But uh, but yeah, so it's in those first three hours when you're really learning everything about the game. It teaches you the combat. It teaches you about like how to ride your horse with the game, like how you can keep up. Yes. What is your horse's name? 
Did you name your horse? Not yet. Uh, whenever I find one that I really like, I'm going to name him oh. Bojack from Bojack Horseman. Nice. Yeah, that's a good okay. one, right? Okay. Okay, yeah, I'll, na- I'll find some random horse to name it Sprinkles for you or something. Yes, yeah, like Speckles. Speckles. Sorry. Name Speckles. <laughs> but Sprinkles. it teaches you like how to, you know, how to how to ride with a gang, how to keep pace with a gang. Uh, then you learn how to hunt and how the best way, how to track animals. That's it, see, that's another thing. When you're hunting, you turn on this eagle eye, you activate it, which just shows like animal trails and tracks that are nearby, but it also shows you wind direction because obviously if you're upwind from an animal, it's going to smell you and run away. Oh, so you, that's it, interesting. You know, hunting is even that complex of a yeah. thing. Uh, the, I've even found out that because I was hunting a pronghorn at one point and I shot it in not an immediate kill shot, it will run and then slowly, you know, you have to like find the body later on to, to be able to harvest it or possibly do another kill shot. To does it, it leave a blood trail? It does. Oh, or like, very fancy. All this other stuff like that. So I would have to exclusively hunt in snow so that I could actually find them. That's true. So you see the red a little bit better. But so you learn all these different things. Uh, I did get a little frustrated at some points because I'm, I'm used to the, in the tutorial, I will say, just because I felt like it was trying to, even though I understand it's trying to teach you the game and it's trying to get you to, um, learn all the new features and controls, but I still felt a little, I feel like in open world games in the past, you have the stuff that you learn, but you can still kind of discover things for yourself as you, outside of these missions, but I feel, I felt very constricted to these missions. So at the, the very tutorial is just kind of overbearing a little bit. I felt like, why can't I, I was thinking like, Oh, can I just go off and go hunt now? Oh no. Oh, okay. I have to do this mission first. That's going to show me how that to hunt. is annoying So for being such a big open world game and all about a lot of this game. The joy of this game is exploration, which honestly, after I figured out the tutorial, I haven't done many missions. I've just been going and exploring that felt a little restrictive. And honestly too, it hasn't, picked up yet like in terms of um i still feel like even after i finish that i'm still slightly like okay well do i i see like the missions i'm still like trying to figure out things and so i'm not counting that as like a knock against the game yet just because i know i'm still so early on but i'm wondering how much easier it will be to figure out some things like i'm having trouble figuring out how to craft like i've I've got a perfect deer pelt i'm so like okay i should surely be able to do something with this i found a trapper and I sold him the deer pelt because it said in his crafting stuff that to make like this new hat, he needed a perfect deer, uh, deer pelt and then a raven feather, a perfect raven feather, which the quality of the pelt is determined on how you kill it. Like if you do it, kill it with a headshot with an arrow, you're going to probably get a perfect pelt. If nice. you shoot it three times with your pistol all over the, be- the body, you're going to get a poor grade pelt. Um, and so I go to this trapper, and so I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Well, I had this pelt. I'll sell it to him because it was saying he didn't have any. I was like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll sell this to him so he can have this. And then I'll go get, find a raven feather, come back, craft my hat. Well, I gave him the deer pelt, and it still says he doesn't have one. Oh. So I'm like, so I'm like did I miss something here? It's just so it's little things like that that I'm still just trying to figure out. Maybe you selling him materials is different than going to him to commission him to have him make you the materials right. out of what you have. Which is what I thought, but then Maybe why doesn't it show that you already have the stuff in your inventory incomplete? Right, but then I feel I don't know. I mean, th- this is what I mean. Like it's, it's just a little thing that I'm still trying to figure right. out and like and piece together how all this stuff works. Right. Um, the big thing though that is very interesting and a big differentiator from Red Dead is how they handle health, stamina, all that stuff in Deadeye. There was in Red Dead Redemption 1, you did have a health bar, stamina bar, your Deadeye, which is your Deadeye is basically your bullet time. slows down time. You can paint a whole lot of different targets and all this. And 
you have to keep it has a bar that is depleted and you can refill those with food but it's interesting how many things affect it in this one like if you don't eat enough for a long time your health core is what they call them cores will drop and you'll have to go find food you'll have to eat food that you can either get it back in your main camp or you can eat something from your inventory um you're you're similar to like breath of the wild temperature like you have to have oh, uh, the right, right. If you're in a in a if you're in a hot environment, but you're wearing cold clothes, your body will overheat and that drops your core. Right, and makes you more sluggish. If you gain weight because you eat too much, <laughs> that will sl- that will lower your stamina. That's funny, and you'll take more damage. <laughs> Different things like that. If you become under, uh, if you don't eat enough, then you're underweight. Th- yeah, underweight. Thank you. <laughs> if, if you become underweight, then you then it lowers your core. Uh, and then, but then what's interesting also is not only do you have these three cores that you have to manage, your horse also has a health and stamina core. No. And so you have to feed your horse, brushing your horse, because if your horse gets too dirty, then its health core drops. Uh, you have to, so brushing it, making sure it's properly fed. And then not only all that, everything, and so you have to work together with that, but then you also, by bonding more with your horse, which is its third core, your bond with your horse, and I think there are five levels that you have to get. And That's as you very important. bond more with your yes. horse, you get more abilities. Like you can Excellent. do, you can rear up on it, or you can be running at full speed and then do the, the stop slide. Nice. And everything, or s- sliding turns on the horse. You can drift with your horse, I guess. <laughs> you can drift. <laughs> And so it's very interesting, though. And those are, I can tell, influenced from Grand Theft Auto V. Because Grand Theft Auto V had like a health stamina. And you could increase your stamina by running a lot more. If you, which I've already upped my stamina bar a little bit more as I've been running around chasing bad guys or hunting animals and different things like that. You, you'll run for a specific period and be like, oh, you increased your stamina by plus 20. Huh. And so that is a cool thing that's been brought over from Grand Theft Auto V. And so it's just... All these things that you have to account for and you have to take into your decision-making process when you're deciding what you want to wear, what you're going to hunt, what your weapons you're going to have on your person at the same time, what foods you're going to take. Because there are some foods, there are some things that will automatically heal everything, like fill up all of your cores or fill up all of your horse's cores. Beef jerky? I'm sure that's one thing, yeah. There's also cooking. Like, similar, again, crafting Breath of the Wild. Like, there's some different things like that that you can craft better foods to you that'll do better things. So it's just... So much. <laughs> so after you play this game, you really have no excuse to not play Breath of the Wild because yeah. you'll have learned. I'll probably have learned how to play Breath of the or, Wild. Or who knows? Maybe we'll just figure out that apparently open world games aren't Jared's thing. Oh, no, they're definitely my <laughs> thing. I, I just think it's Legend of Zelda that's not Jared's thing. <laughs> okay, but whatever. But anyway, so it's, I mean, at this point, I don't have a whole lot more that I can go. Oh, one thing, though, that I did want to say that I think this is. You know, a lot of games have had companion apps for the phone before. They'll be like, hey, peruse your inventory or read a few more things, but they're never great. They're always just kind of, okay, I don't need this. Red Dead, though, has one, and it is actually awesome because it can display your map, So you and it syncs with your game, so it will show your character moving on your the companion app on your phone or iPad or whatever, what have you. It will show the marker of your of your character moving in the map in real time, and if you're riding with the gang, it shows the gang in real time. It just automatically updates, so there's never this like load huh. of your map. You can always just be playing the game, which also, since it is you know this is a newer thing with the with the bigger open world games of being able to have the dynamic or completely HUDless displays, it will display your cores, it will okay. display your horse's cores, it can show your radar and all that stuff. So you really can just have the screen be just. The scenery, no HUD, That's no radar, nice. nothing. 
So it's pretty sweet how they've incorporated that into the game as well. Now, because I'm not used to playing with companion apps, will I actually use it that often? Yet to be seen. But I have played with it some, and it is a really cool additional feature to the game. Maybe that can be Sam's job. She'll be your co-pilot, Ooh. and she'll like just man the app. Yeah, that would be neat. There we go. That would be fun. I or like maybe Fender could do it. Uh, I, I, I think I think he, he can do it. He can do it. I believe in him. Okay. Like, <laughs> I'll tell him that he has your vote of confidence. But uh, like I said, at this point, I've done a few more missions, figuring out more things. Interacting with the camp is interesting also because you have to donate to the camp's main supplies. Uh, because if the camp's food supplies, uh, ammunition supplies, and other things like that run low, the camp loses morale, which I'm sure will have some uh, They might mutiny on you. Oh, God. Sure, something like that might happen. I'm not totally sure how that will work yet because so as of right now, they're still pretty happy. You know, so you'll have like camp responsibilities and chores you have to do like they have like a donation box for the camp for the camp so like, every once in a while if i'll find if i find a uh, like some money i have some extra money laying around i'll donate like five bucks to the camp and everything to just five dollars in wild west times was a lot of money i know i just played some poker and i was gambling in cents we were doing like raise your six cents <laughs> it was a very low stakes game that's funny <laughs> I, was, I was like but maybe high stakes so it was it was it's fun so to start to figuring out all the different activities you can do as well like i said uh you know lassoing horses, going gambling, playing some games in the camp. Like they have a domino table set up in the camp where you can go play and all this nice. stuff. It's just at this point, I feel like I've, I'm in it. I'm playing it. I'm getting through the story, but I just have so much left. And I feel like this is again, what I'm saying like, I need to do just like periodic updates. Yeah. The red dead roundup. We're going to do that. That's a thing. That's now. really the only way I'm going to be able to succinctly keep all my thoughts about everything I've played because if we do this now, it, I'm guaranteeing you because of how long it's going to take me to get this. And because I'm trying to play this game, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and of course Black Ops 4, all at the same time, it's going to take me a while to get to this one, I can already tell. Plus, from what I can see in the game, I believe there are 70-ish story missions. Okay. Not counting side quests. Okay. I think. And it's, uh, it came out that it would take 200 hours to platinum. You better get so I got on a lot it, of buddy. time in this game. <laughs> got a lot of time. You in better it. chop chop. So I feel I feel like that's like I know this may not have been the most like in depth of things to talk about this game so far because of how incredibly massive this game is. But rest assured, dear listeners or viewers, I will have more updates on my progress and not wait to do a final review because quite honestly, who knows when that will be? Yeah, there might never be a final review. It'll just be have a, the continual review it'll in be progress. A growing review, a exactly, review in progress. Exactly. Exactly. So, but am I having fun with it? Absolutely, I am. Is it fun to ride around on the horse? It does feel like it retains enough of the old Red Dead feel because I mean that was one of the greatest things about playing Red Dead Redemption One. It was literally just getting on your horse and riding and going around and exploring all these things because that's another the great thing Rockstar is good at is having the like pop up activities or pop up events happen where you'll be riding and a group of outlaws ambushes you. You got to fight them off. Or as well, something I experienced already is I was just riding and a guy's. Another uh, traveler on the road, he was in a wagon. His horses got spooked and ran off, and his wagon crashed. I helped him bring his horses back to him, and it just and went on his way. What a nice man. Another guy, this just happened to me, too. I was going around along the road. A guy was having his trouble. His horse was freaking out, rearing, and all this stuff, and he was trying to calm it down. And I called out to him, said, like, hey, man, do you need help? The guy stopped to stop dealing with his horse, looked at me to answer me. His horse wheeled around, kicked him in the head, and killed him. And I was like, oh, my God, sir! 
I didn't mean you it. Got him killed, Jared. So, I know you're already an outlaw, but now you're a murderer. Yeah, but the other thing with Red Dead though is it has this honor scale where you can either be a very honorable person or a very dishonorable person. Well, right now, I'm still really your fault. I'm still right in the middle. <laughs> well, I did then on accident. I was like, well, I might as well see if he has anything. Maybe that leads to and another. And then you looted him. I was thinking maybe it leads to a quest because it didn't look like there could be anything I could do to stop him from getting killed. That's so I was like, funny. maybe this like leads to another quest. So I looted him to find out. And yeah, I had to drop in honor because I looted this dead. You should have <laughs> shot the horse. That's how you could have saved I him. I guess so. Really, that would have. That would, but then he might have been in financial dire straits. He probably would have been. There was probably no good way to handle yeah, that. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's how I'm letting myself sleep at night. Unless maybe you had like a horse sweater. Yeah. That you could contribute to his upset horse. That's true. Who knows? Calm it down like a yeah. thunder, one of those thunder jackets yeah. for like yeah. dogs. <laughs> but so really, at this point, that's all about really all, all I have to say on that. Um, at, like I said, as I play more, I'll, I'll give more of my thoughts and impressions on the game. But so far, it's great. It feels very much like Red Dead One. I'm having a blast, and I can't wait to play more. Excellent. All good things. All good things. Well, before we go. As is tradition, we do have to do our soundtrack spotlight, which Mogan has that picked out for us today. All right. We are going to do a track from our, since it is still technically Halloween, we're going to do a track from our old pal. Oh, God. I really hope it doesn't autoplay here. <laughs> oh, God. It if might. It, does, that's no it might. Deal. Hang on. Hang on. We're going to do a track from Amnesia, Ooh, The Dark Descent. Spooky scary. So Amnesia is, of course, one of the older horror games by now. I think it came out, like, what, 2010? Yeah. Uh, one of the OG survival horror games. And the soundtrack is very minimalistic. Uh, and we're going to really kind of hear that in action with The Grand Hall. The Grand Hall. The Grand Hall. So, of course, all of these spooky, scary games are meant to be a little bit less on the highly orchestrated side right and more on the oh no gotta build that tension yeah you gotta have like the running dread so this is the grand hall from amnesia the dark descent the composer for this is miko tarmia there you i go. really hope i'm saying that right sounded right sounded sure for all you know it is right yep so listen to that after the close of the episode the great hall from amnesia the dark the dark descent, descent. there we go had it right but with that, that concludes this episode of Team Chat Podcast. Remember, everyone, please come join us and watch our Extra Life 2018 charity stream. You know, if you don't want to donate, that's totally fine. But still, give us your come, money. Come join and watch and take part in the in the, all the bit fun stuff. Again, Chess Hall, Fuchsia, and Kirok Craft are going to be joining us, as well as some other fun little tidbit things also, throughout the day. I'm saying give us your money, but in fact, your money is going to, in our case, Dell Children's Hospital. Exactly. So we're so, not actually so give to the children. Exactly. Everybody. Think of the children. That's what this Think is all about. Children. So we hope you'll join us for that November 3rd, this Saturday, if you're listening when this episode came out, November 3rd, 2018, we're starting up at 10 a.m. Central Time, and we'll be going until 10 a.m. Central Time on Sunday, November 4th. So it's going to be good. We especially hope that people will join us in the wee hours of the night when we're struggle- we're fighting sleep and just trying to, trying just to, struggle trying to get through. through. So, but it's going to be a lot of fun. We hope to see everyone there. And also, too, if anyone is playing Red Dead Redemption and all that, let us know your thoughts, too. I know Kirok is playing it, and I think he's going to be playing it also on, a, on our stream. So I might actually have to be. That might be the time I take it out because I don't want spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But, yeah. But anyway, so it's going to be uh, let us know your thoughts of the game. What do, you, what do you think about it? What's been your greatest moment that you've had so far playing the game? If you played Gone Home as well, let us know what you think of that one, too. I know that, 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 that game resonated really well with a lot of people. Um, and again, sorry that we didn't normally, f- we didn't follow our normal 
Halloween formula here talking about very specific horror games. It just wasn't in the cards this year. Well, but the horror of Red Dead is that you don't have functioning toilets. That's true. Have to go with those outhouses. Yep. That's true. That it is like 1890 Pretty horrific. So, you know, Pretty horrible. <laughs> Might be getting closer to having those nicer toilets, porcelain thrones. But with that, everybody, this has been an episode of Team Chat Podcast. Again, Extra Life 2018, November 3rd, 10 a.m. Central Time. Join us. It'll be fun. But stick around for the song Dark, The Great Hall from Amnesia, The Darkest Descent. We'll see you all next time. Stick around for the song.